Hello and welcome to the Chronic Illness and Me podcast where I have a very special episode for you today which features just me basically, me aka Holly aka Stoma Babe. Um, I'm just going to be basically answering some questions that were sent in to me on Instagram about Barbie bum surgery. I get so many questions about this surgery like all the time. It's one of the most popular things that I get asked about because I think, you know, a lot of people obviously kind of know a little bit about stoma surgery, but I still feel that Barbie bum surgery is a uncharted territory. Um, so there's a lot to kind of get through, basically, is what I'm trying to say. So I will try to make it as succinct, succinct as I can. I'm going to try and get everything like covered in 30 minutes on the podcast so that it's not going to be too long for you guys to listen to. Um, and if you're obviously watching this on my YouTube channel, then you'll be seeing me just answering the questions. But if you're listening to this, then yeah. Anyway, so let's crack on, shall we? The, so I had my Barbie bum surgery, first of all, um, in August last year. And I must say that, firstly, it was the best decision that I have ever, ever made. Um, I do not regret my decision um, at all. And a little bit of background about me, if you don't know me or don't follow me, um, I suffer from a condition called ulcerative colitis. So um, I don't have bowel cancer. I don't have Crohn's disease. So the important thing to consider here is that my experience with Barbie bum surgery will be very different to somebody who has, say, perianal Crohn's disease, um, which is, you know, very focused in the rectal area. Um, but for me, because I have ulcerative colitis, the main organs that were affected were my colon and my rectum. Basically, that's where the disease is centred or was centred before all the surgeries that I've had. So once I had my stoma surgery, my colon was partially removed. I still had a tiny bit of colon left um, and I still had my rectum left. And once you've had a stoma surgery, um, you don't have to make a decision straight away about what you want to do, but it all depends on the person and your symptoms and what you're going through. So for me, after my stoma surgery, because I still had a bit of my colon left, because I still had my rectum left, I was still suffering with ulcerative colitis symptoms, which included the um, the constant urge to like need the toilet, basically. But obviously, I, I couldn't poo anymore out of my bottom because I had a stoma bag. Well, I have an ileostomy. That's the type of stoma I have, which means that I would be going to poo in my stoma bag so but because I had my rectum still which had inflammation in it it kept feeling like I needed to go out of my bottom and then what would happen was I would end up literally like pushing like Ugh, you know like when you need to really go to the toilet and all that would come out is loads and loads of blood because that's the only thing that could come out was just the inflammation that was inside the rectum so I was very much heavily bleeding a lot of the time and sometimes I couldn't even control it I couldn't even make it to the toilet like it would just seep out with blood and it was absolutely terrifying. I mean, it's literally like, you know, hemorrhaging. It's it's absolutely awful. And it, the pain of it as well. It was very, very painful. I knew that I had to get this resolved as quickly as I could. I, I couldn't carry on living with that pain. So I had to, I, I knew I had to make a decision about what I wanted to do, whether that was to make the stoma permanent um, and have the Barbie bum surgery, which would mean removing the rectum and the final part of my colon um, and then obviously that makes the stoma permanent or the second option is to have a j pouch uh, created which is also called a reversal surgery so the stoma would uh, technically be gone from the outside but they what they do is they actually shape your organ oh, i've forgotten the exact um intestine they do it with but they basically inside they hook two different parts of the intestine up and it creates a j shape um and that's almost like your new 
pouch stoma bag sort of thing on the inside um now when i first had my stoma surgery because my stoma surgery was an emergency surgery that's an important factor to consider as well is emergency surgery um so once i had that stoma surgery um you know i was obviously in shock a lot of shock because it's a massive life change having a stoma bag i wasn't ready for it hadn't done any research didn't know what to expect so obviously straight away my initial thoughts were i'm gonna have a reversal this is you know what i want to do but i didn't know enough about j pouches and how they worked so I decided I was going to do quite a lot of research because, you know, I knew it was a big decision and it's not something you just make lightly. It's something you have to look into and talk to the professionals, talk to people who've been through it. Um, and also, as I said, look at exactly what it is that you're suffering with. You cannot compare the experience of someone with ulcerative colitis to somebody with bowel cancer. They're two completely different diseases. So you need to make sure that when you're talking to people, you're talking to people who have a similar disease to you so that you can relate exactly what kind of symptoms you have and how you think that, that these surgeries will benefit um, or manage your symptoms. So I spoke to a lot of people um, in the colitis community about their experiences with the pouch um, or making the stoma permanent and so forth. And um, I also spoke to my surgeon. Uh, so my surgeon is Dr. Andrew Williams. He previously worked at Guy's and St. Thomas's Hospital. He was the leading gastroenterologist there. He then retired from the NHS and is now the leading gastroenterologist at London Bridge Hospital in London, which is a private hospital. But it's fair to say that he's probably one of the leading experts in his field, probably maybe in the world. You know, he's done, he's been doing it for about I don't know, 30 years, these surgeries, you know. So there's there's nothing he hasn't seen or, you know heard of um so we sat down we spoke for it he also assessed me as a kind of a person and what i was like and when i had my stoma surgery i was not the easiest patient i will say that to you now i mean i went through hell to be honest with you I, anything that could go wrong with a stoma surgery happened to me i went through absolute hell with my stoma surgery my body was shutting down i was on it was a life or death emergency surgery like it was very very bad um so of course my emotions were all over the place. I was on so many. I mean, they were at one point giving me ke like ketamine basically because of how the, the severe level of pain that I was in. You know, morphine didn't even touch the sides, um, and obviously, I, and my anxiety because I have mental health was really impacted by all of that as well. So you know, he kind of said to me, "If you're having a pouch surgery, first of all, it's a two-parter surgery. A pouch surgery is a two-parter. So you." God, I can't even remember now. It seems so long ago since I was talking about it, but you um, remove, I think it is that they um, they refashion your stoma in the first part of the surgery. So um, it becomes a different kind of stoma, which is harder to manage. You have that, I think, for six weeks or something like that, because I think what it is is they've put the pouch in, but they haven't hooked it up yet. Um, so they're sort of like just yeah, they just put it inside and they leave it there for a little bit and then the second part of the surgery basically they remove the the stoma and then they hook everything up together and then it starts to work so it's a two-part surgery so already I'm thinking I don't want two surgeries I hate surgeries I hate hospitals I don't like the sound of that already that sounds terrible and having another different type of stoma put on you know and I know there's also a lot of different ways that you can do this surgery as well like not everybody does it in a two-parter but that's how my surgeon does it and I trust that if that's what he does that that must be probably one of the better ways to do it um so he told me that didn't like sound that and then he told me about a little thing called pouchitis which I think kind of sealed it for me to be honest you know he said that people with ulcerative colitis a lot of the time when they have a reversal surgery they encounter something called pouchitis which is 
basically colitis, but no longer in the colon or the rectum. It actually occurs in the pouch that's been created because the pouch is made out of intestine. And basically, wherever the disease can get itself to, it will get itself to if it can find a way there. Um, and so basically, pouchitis is just exactly the same as colitis. There is no difference. And he was telling me the statistics of how many people this happens to. And it was pretty high. Um, and you can treat the pouchitis, but it can come back again. Or just, you know, it can just nonstop keep reoccurring. And then it drives people to the point where they're like, I can't handle this anymore. I can't take it. And they go back to having a permanent stoma uh, for good. So it sounded like a little bit of a shot in the dark. And I'm somebody who likes to be very certain that something's going to do a job. You know what I mean? Like, I just want nice, easy, simple. I've been through a lot with this disease um, and I really just wanted to get my life back. So after he told me that, I then started speaking to other people. They were telling me about their experience with pouch and I was very shocked. A lot of people actually said to me who had had reversals that they wish they'd never done it. And you'd be shocked to hear that, I think, because everybody thinks that having a reversal just, you know, it's just so easy. Like, yeah, just get rid of the bag and then everything's going to be fine. Actually, in a lot of cases, that was not what I was hearing. And I was a bit like, wow, like I didn't realise that so many things could go wrong. Um, and a lot of the time people don't get warned about this. So they go in just thinking, you know, I guess that it's going to be all perfect. And, and, and it's not. And then as well, when you've had a reversal, a lot that you don't have control over your bowels as well a lot because the bag sort of obviously you know when you have your small or large intestine pulled out of your stomach it's continually going like it's it's liquidy type of you know it's not a normal poo is it like it's continually going so if you're then having that on the inside it needs to keep coming out still and it's going to keep coming out through your bottom and there's going to be no bag there to collect it so you're going to have to keep legging it to the loo, like a lot. And I was like, well, just no, because I love running. I love physical fitness and I don't need the accidents. I don't need the embarrassment of it all. So no, didn't like the sound of that either. And then there was the third thing that I discovered, which really was, I think, probably the kicker. If you have ulcerative colitis and you have a reversal, sometimes, and I'm not sure the percentages on this, it can also cause Crohn's disease. My brother has Crohn's disease um, and I know what an absolute it is. Like I know firsthand it's it's a terrible, terrible disease, um, you know, because Crohn's disease, unlike colitis, can manifest itself anywhere throughout the digestive system. So the throat, just everywhere, basically. So, you know, when I heard that there was a chance it could cause that, I was just like, count me out. That's it. No way. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want to end up with Crohn's. I don't want any of that. I just want my life, you know, and everybody's so different. As I said, you have to remember, I have ulcerative colitis, just rectum, just colon affected. If those two items are removed, the colitis is technically gone. So I was like, this is my chance. This is my chance to regain my health and just get out of here from the woods of it all. So with that background information, let's hit up the questions. So the first question I got on Instagram is, is it just the hole that gets stitched up? Now, this was something that I thought about as well when I was hearing about Barbie bum surgery. I always imagined that people would have their bum cheeks like glued together. But then, you know, thinking about that practically, it'd be quite hard to bend down, quite hard to do anything if your bum cheeks didn't 
you know, spread out. So when I spoke about it with my surgeon, he was he assured me, he was like, no, you don't glue the cheeks together. It's just the hole. The hole is what gets closed over. So you completely fine to have your bum cheeks still afloat. So that's the first thing. Any issues with open wounds slash discharge from the bottom? Um, that's another thing I thought might happen as well. Um, but actually, no, I've had, and this is things well, remember, everybody's different. Everyone's got different diseases. Everyone's got different illnesses and reasons they've had this surgery. But I will say from my own personal experience, I have had no discharge, no nothing. My bum has been good as gold. It's amazing, actually, because I'm so used to all of this stuff coming out of it, gunk, blood, all of this stuff. And now just nothing's coming out of it. I'm like, heaven on earth. How long was your recovery? Okay, another thing, this is a very, very popular question. I think everybody asks this because so many people have different experiences with recovery from, um, you know, Barbie bum. But uh, for me, I mean, my recovery was crazy because it was so fast. I was literally in, I was out within a week and then the week later, completely fine, back to normal. I was just, I was out shopping, I was out doing, doing everything. Um, and, you know, I guess everybody's body is very different and how they react to surgeries. And as I said, everyone's disease is different. If you have something like perianal Crohn's disease and you get fistulas in your bottom, there's obviously more of a chance that you're going to prob probably get maybe some issues in that area as well because th there could be fistulas that come up and that will obviously impact the recovery of the bum area and all that kind of stuff. But for me, because I have ulcerative colitis and it's all internal, it was a very quick recovery for me. Um, and also, as I said, my surgeon, Mr. Williams, chef's kiss, he's just absolutely fantastic because as well, a lot of people are telling me about st the stitches that get done in Barbie bum. So I was, you know, I was asking about that as well, the stitches, because, you know, after you've had the bum hole stitched, um, I think it's a few, a, a week later or a couple of weeks or something that people then have to get the stitches taken out. Um, I didn't even have that. Like I had dissolvable stitches, so I didn't have to get these stitches removed. Once it was sewed up, that was it. It was, it was done, you know? Okay, so the next question is, is the pain worse than stoma surgeon? This is another common misconception. Okay, all surgeries are painful. They are. None of them are fun. None of them are like going to the spa. But what I think the issue is, is that, um, you know, because um, a lot of people have the stoma surgery through, you know, emergency routes, there's no time to mentally think about it or prepare yourself for it or Google all the horror stories about it. You, you, you just, like for me, for instance, I was just like catatonic in the in the days coming up to my stoma surgery there was no opportunity for me to sit on google and read about all the horror stories but there was certainly a lot of time after my stoma surgery for me to read about the horrors of barbie bum surgery so i think that it works people up a lot people get really well um <coughs> sorry just coughing but um the pain's pretty much you know on par similar i mean obviously for me from my personal experience it was a lot easier because my stoma surgery was an emergency surgery. I spent two months in hospital on my deathbed with my stoma surgery. After my stoma surgery, I was I was in intensive care one minute, back in high high dependency unit the next, back to intensive care again. You know, my body was all over the place. So I was going through hell of a lot. So obviously for me, just a week in hospital, I'm like, yeah, it's like, you know, an all-inclusive trip to, I don't know, Spain. Like, you know, it's just, it's not, it wasn't as bad. It was painful don't get me wrong in the first couple of days like the first couple of days I was in agony yeah it really really hurt 
Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say I sat there and, you know, it felt amazing. It was painful, but it was a short-lived pain, I think, for a really long-term gain. So, you know, I... I'm like, for me, I think the hardest part of the Barbie bum surgery was my mental state because of what happened to me with my initial stone surgery and everything that I went through. I had a lot of like PTSD. I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of everything. And then after the surgery, when I woke up and um, yeah, I did get ileus. After I woke up and the ileus kicked in, I got these waves of PTSD and all of this. And when they started putting the NG tube up the nose, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, that's it. I'm going to be here for two months. I'm going to be here for two months. But, you know, if I'd have just been able to relax a little bit more, not get so in my own head about it all and just let my body do its healing thing, it probably would have been a lot easier. But I just made it very hard for myself. Um, uh, were you counselled about fertility? So this is another thing, another scaremongering thing that I think that goes through a lot of the community is about this whole misconception about infertility and um, stoma, barbie bum surgery. So these surgeries do not impact your fertility. They do not impact. They don't impact your actual ability to conceive a child. What they do and what can hinder it is the fact that when they are cutting you open or doing keyhole or whatever it is, they sometimes sometimes it can cause these things called adhesions. I've talked about these before. This is something that I've suffered I've suffered from personally as well. So I've actually suffered from adhesions, and obviously I'm pregnant at the moment, so you know. Um, and the adhesions are basically little bits of glue that, or you know, that get left inside after you've been fiddled about with, and they can trap your bowel, and that's what causes these adhesions. And if you have a lot of these kind of adhesions, if you are trying to conceive a child, the I can't remember the exact way that Mr. Williams described it to me, but the um, sperm struggles to get to where it needs to be to fertilize. I guess the eggs, God, I'm not really good with the science of it all. Um, so that's what makes it difficult to conceive. But your actual fertility is completely fine. It's just how you get pregnant that can be more difficult. So even, for instance, if you had tons of adhesions and the sperm couldn't get to where it needed to go, you could have IVF and be fine. The mo Most of the time, what actually impacts fertility is the conditions, is the illnesses, is the sicknesses. Now, you know, for people that have endometriosis, who have a stoma, obviously that's going to be very different because endometriosis directly impacts your reproductive organs. Whereas Crohn's and colitis, there's not actually, I don't think there's any science that backs up them actually impacting your reproductive organs. So if you do have issues with fertility, you know, sometimes it can be because of something that's underlying that you don't even know about. Or like I said, it's just because the sperm's struggling to get to where it needs to go. Um, however, they do not offer any service for you to freeze your eggs. They don't see it as like chemotherapy, um, to be honest. Um, I think if you want to do that, you can do, you can pay to do it. But I mean, look at me. I mean, I'm not going to say that everyone is like me because I said everybody's fertility is completely different. But say you were pretty healthy, um, you've never had issues you know, apart from maybe like IBD and um, you've had these surgeries, there's no reason at all you can't get pregnant. I got pregnant literally about a month and a bit after coming off the contraceptive pill. Um, I had my, and as I said, I had my barbie bum surgery in August last year. So it's been, I got pregnant, I guess after, God, my maths is so bad, August, September, October, November, December, January. Yeah, wow. So I got pregnant six months after barbie bum surgery. So, you know, anything's possible. Um, is there a high risk for... God, I can't even remember my writing. 
for scars okay so both my surgeries have been done open i have not had the fortune of having a keyhole surgery would have been lovely but i didn't however my scars are so minimal you cannot see them both times when Mr. Williams did my surgeries, he went from just below my belly button to the top of my vagina. So, you, yeah, you just can't see them. And also, you know, when I'm wearing my stoma bag, my stoma bag completely covers the scar. So it's like I've had keyhole surgery. But obviously, every surgeon is different in how they operate is different. So you need to ask the questions then, like, you know, do you cut from above the belly button or below the belly button do you use dissolvable stitches you know these are all kind of questions that you can write down to ask them um and see what they say and you know everyone's also body is different people can scar easily more easily than others but i would say that if you are just having a, a cut from below your belly button to your vagina it's it's probably not going to scar well it will scar but it won't be like no one's ever going to see it unless you know they're rummaging around in your pants maybe but <laughs> you know okay um does it cause hair loss so i think for me the main reason that i lost all my hair um when i had my first surgery was because i was very very ill i'm not i'm not necessarily certain it was the surgery itself that caused the hair loss it was more the illness that caused the hair loss because i had no nutrients in my body because i was bleeding so much all my nutrients were not being absorbed um a lot of stress a lot of anxiety and that's what prompts the hair to kind of disappear um so yeah the second time obviously I was in a, I was a lot fitter I was a lot healthier when I went into that surgery because I'd given myself eight months off from my uh, stoma surgery to recover so I didn't notice any hair loss at all but everybody's different and if you're still if you've got very still active maybe Crohn's or other diseases that are going on or you're on treatment as well as going for barbie bum like chemo that can obviously impact hair loss um but yeah i guess the main question that everybody wants to know is like you know is it worth it i said at the beginning i find that well i found that for me it really was worth it this surgery has given me my life back it's like it's unbelievable i woke up i was in a lot of pain after the surgery i had um actually somebody asked me the other day they said did you have a drain in your bum now, I can barely remember this, to be honest, because afterwards I was on a lot of pain medications, but I do, I've got a video clip on my phone of me filming my stomach, and I think I had two drains in my stomach, and I'm pretty sure there was a drain going through my legs as well. I think there's drains going everywhere, to be honest with you. Um, and obviously it was agonising pain. And um, yeah, like, it, but it was worth it, because a few, after after I recovered from the initial uh, pain of the surgery and as time has gone on you know like I'm so much fitter now than I was I'm so much healthier I'm so I don't think about illness anymore or colitis or, or any of it I don't it just like I just seem apart from, the only thing I obviously think about is a stone bag which you know does give me grief it isn't it isn't a bouquet of roses it's it's hard and sometimes I get fed up of it I'm like especially at the moment because obviously I'm pregnant my output's been a lot higher through the pregnancy I've noticed like you know it seems to really just keep going and going and sometimes I'm like oh my god just please give me a break I don't want to keep emptying my bag I am too tired tonight you know we all have those times where we get frustrated about it and in an ideal world none of us would want to be going through any of these things we would love to be healthy and have functioning bowels but unfortunately if you're watching this 
and you're relating to what I'm saying, you probably don't have functioning bowels. So we're in this sort of really crappy situation where it's like we've got to make these hard choices for our bodies, for ourselves, for our futures. And there's no right or wrong answer in all of this. You know, like I said, everybody has to do what they feel is right for them. I kind of only share my experience to kind of help people and also to make them see maybe a different point of view. Because I know so many people always talk about, you know, how scary the Barbie bum is and how painful and how awful it was and how, you know, they want to have reversals and that. I think that's very common. I don't think there's many people who talk about actually the benefits of keeping the stoma, of making it permanent, of living with a permanent stoma. You know, there's not that many people out there who talk about that. But there are many benefits to keeping your stoma. And it's not a pretty thing to have. It's not attractive. Um, but it keeps you alive. It keeps you healthy. And those are really important things too. Don't just, you know, I say this to people when they message me like, saying like, oh, you know, I've had my stoma surgery and I'm going to get a reversal and stuff. I'm like, okay, just stop for a second though. And just literally like, do your research. And don't just think about looks or finding a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is that you want to achieve. Think about actually how much your health has been impacted over the years by these diseases and how nice it would be to just have a break from all of that. Um, because that's kind of what stem is for, you know, especially for people that have got cancer. Um, it provides them with a little bit of relief for a bit. And, you know, they can go on if they want to to have a reversal or whatever else needs to be done. But, you know, having a stoma allows your bowels to just have a break from everything that's been going on with it or wrong with it in the past few years. But as well, I actually just forgot, there's another question that I got asked quite a few times and it was about the recovery time. You know, how long does it take until you're feeling funky fresh again after having barb bum surgery? Now, everyone's is so, so different. I would probably say for me, looking at what I've seen through social media and talking to people, the average seems to be about like two to three months until people are feeling 100% back to normal again but for me obviously as I said a week later I was completely back on my feet back out and about um I was actually sitting on my bum maybe four days after surgery without a gel cushion and that was mostly fueled by a severe panic attack that I was having um in which I wouldn't lay down in the bed I actually refused to lay down I was running around the hospital ward like a headless chicken trying to escape because I thought I was going to die in there I had a very bad reaction to the drugs they gave me um and also the being sick from the ileus everything kind of culminated in this terrible frenzied thing that I went through um where I was begging nurses to, to knock me out uh, <laughs> in the end they did oblige and they gave me something like a sedative or something to just put me to sleep because I literally wouldn't sit down I was just running around so yeah I mean one thing I'll say is that after you've actually had the stoma surgery I mean sorry not stoma the barbell surgery they don't like you to be just sitting around I mean I'm pretty sure it was like the next day after the surgery the nurse is like come on let's get you up let's get you walking around because if the, they can mobilize you quickly it kind of is meant to um prevent you getting ileus because it's getting the bowels moving you know when you're walking or running it helps the bowels to move, which means that ileus is less likely to happen. And for those of you that don't know about the lovely, beautiful world of ileus, ileus is what happens if you have anything kind of touch or provoke your bowels, um, you know, like a abdominal surgery, it causes your bowels to shut down. So the food, so when you eat, the food will not get processed. And what this creates is probably what I can only describe as the world's most excruciating, agonising pain. And it can last for days and it is like something's ripping out of your skin 
um, when I had it the first time after my stoma surgery, it, ha- it lasted, I think, about a week for me. Um, I was screaming the place down um, because my stoma actually wasn't working at all. So anytime I was eating, the, the, it, the food wasn't able to leave the body, which just the pain, the sick, the oh, everything. Oh, my God, I can't. I can't. It's, it's too much. Um, I don't even like to talk about it because it really triggers me. But I had it also a second time after the Barbie bum. Thankfully, it didn't last as long. I think it lasted for me a couple of days, but it did trigger a really bad mental health episode for me. A really, really bad one. Probably one of my worst ones, actually, Um, (laughs) which thankfully only um, one person got to see because, yeah, it's pretty scary when you see somebody acting how I was acting at that hospital after my surgery. But I'm here. I got through it. I did it. And I'll do it again because I'm I'm very happy now with how everything's going for me. But, you know, if you're not 100% a week, two weeks, a month after surgery, two months after surgery, don't beat yourself up about it because everybody's journey is so different. Everybody's body is so different. And, yeah, it can take some people a lot longer to recover. That may be due to different conditions, like I said, perianal Crohn's, all of this kind of stuff. There's so many different factors in, in the recovery process, but you will get there you know everything in life is temporary nothing is forever in terms of you know surgical recovery type things um so yeah I really hope this has been helpful useful and I know I've had a couple of people message me saying they've got surgeries coming up you know what should they prepare this I'd say just don't google too much don't look at stuff too much try to just relax yourselves and not go in with any expectations because then you can't be disappointed don't go in thinking you're going to be up and walking the next week don't go in and think you're going to never walk again you know just go in there with an open mind and just take it each day as it comes as i said you will get through it and you will once you're out the other side of it you will feel so much better for it as i said one of the best things i've ever done um now for, for me and, and for what I was going through it's been an absolute blessing so um yeah that's all from me thanks guys